We're going to do things just a little bit different tonight. I'm going to take a few moments and just share the word because we're wrapping up Psalms and we're going to end here in Psalms 150, which is all about praise. I'm going to talk about it just for a few minutes and then we're going to go right back into our time of praise and worship and we're going to practice what we preach. Is that okay? There's nobody like our God. Nobody deserves to be worshipped. Nobody deserves to be sung to. Nobody deserves to be sung about other than Jesus. Nobody deserves our allegiance, our focus, our attention, our appreciation, our heart, our sacrifice like Jesus. There's nobody else that has earned the right of our applause except Jesus. Only Jesus. Do me a favor, just be seated for a moment. Worship team is going to stay here with me. I want to just, I want to talk to you about the power of praise tonight just for a few minutes. And then we're going to, we're going to release the power of praise in this house. I believe God's going to do some miraculous things. We all have a tendency to, at some time, or another, we all have a tendency to slip into uh, a doubtful mindset, a negative mindset, uh, less than full of faith. I'm, I'm thinking of the, the two farmers that were out talking and one said, man, it's a beautiful sunshiny day. And the other one said, it's going to scorch all the crops. Next day, they're standing out there and it's raining and the farmer positive farmer says, man, isn't it just beautiful? Rain, I love this rain. The other says, it's going to flood all of our crops. The positive farmer said to the negative farmer, said, have you seen my new hunting dog? I mean, that old dog you've got tied up back there behind the barn? He said, let's go hunting. Took him out, went duck hunting. They shot a few ducks. They fell down on the pond. He released his dog to go get the ducks. And instead of swimming out to the ducks, the dog ran on top of the water and got the ducks and came back walking on top of the water. The positive farmer said to the negative farmer, what do you think about that? The negative farmer said, can't swim, can he? <laughs> how many of you know that person? Yeah. How many, how many of you are that person? No, no, don't, don't admit it. Don't admit it. Don't admit it. The fact is we all have the tendency to go a little negative sometimes, to look at the things that aren't going right, to look at the things that just aren't so perfect. But as we've been sharing messages on Wednesday night here this month on the book of Psalms, I wanted to end here in Psalms chapter 150, but I want to remind you that, that praise is the solution to pessimism. Praise is the solution to all the negativity in this world. Praise is the answer. And in fact, as we get, if you just read through the book of Psalms and, and you know, I shared, it's kind of like our life story. It's got a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of frustration, a lot of emotion. And, but you get towards the end and it's like the conductor of the symphony gets to the end of the concert and he's got the orchestra growing. I mean, just got them all on full throttle and he takes, takes them to this crescendo to amaze and 
to, uh, to stun the crowd. And that's the way the psalmist here in Psalms 150, because you get to Psalms 146, verse number one, and it begins with praise the Lord. And then the last verse is praise the Lord. Uh, does that, I don't know how these slides are set up. Go to the next slide for me. Let me see what it looks like. Okay, Psalms 146.10, that's not right. Okay, these aren't right. Uh, here's in Psalms 146, verse number one, praise the Lord. The end of that chapter ends with these words, praise the Lord. Psalms 147, verse number one, first three words, praise the Lord. Last verse in Psalms 147 ends with praise the Lord. Psalms 148 starts with praise the Lord, ends with the same three words, praise the Lord. Psalms 149 starts with these three words, praise the Lord. It ends with the same three words, praise the Lord. Psalms 150 starts with the same three words, praise the Lord, and ends with the same three words, praise the Lord. Somebody's trying to get our attention that the most important thing that we can do is praise the Lord. We come here into this house and listen, I know it's fun to meet up with people that we love. You know, it's kind of like, you know, cheers where everybody knows your name. It's, it's wonderful for somebody to know your name, but we're not here for one another. We're here to praise the Lord. We're here for the audience of one. We're here to worship Jesus most importantly. So let me, let me just share with you here in Psalms 150, it gives us the why, the where, the how, the who of praise. And so I want to read through Psalms 150, only six verses. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That's what we're commanded to do. And did you know that like 13 times in those six verses, we're told to praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So let me just hit you with this real quick. First of all, the where of praise. Where do we praise it? Where is it acceptable? Where is it right? Where is it appropriate? Everywhere. Praise him everywhere. That doesn't mean that you have to be singing your song out all the time. You can praise him in a lot of different ways. But to acknowledge his goodness, to acknowledge his greatness, praise him everywhere. Praise the Lord in his sanctuary. That means here on earth. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him in the heaven and on the earth. He's worthy to be praised everywhere. When you're driving down the street, when you're pushing your grocery cart in the grocery store, when you're at the park watching your kids, when you're at work or uh, when you can get away from work and on your lunch break, when you're at church, it's time to praise the Lord in the morning when you're getting ready, put on your praise and worship music, praise him, praise him everywhere. The why of praise. Well, why do we praise him? Well, for every act and attribute of God, look at verse two, praise him for his acts of power and for his surpassing greatness. What this does is this shows us we should praise him for what he's done, but we should also praise him for who he is. Not just for what he's done, but for who he is. I mean, you think of all the things that he's done. He's done amazing things for us. 
and just staying in the book of Psalms, Psalms 139. He formed you while you were still in your mother's womb and ordained all the days that you would live here on this earth. Psalms 22, he sent the Messiah to die for our sins. Psalms 23 shows us his providing for our every need as our good shepherd. Psalms 32 tells of the forgiveness of sin, which God gave to every single repentant sinner. Psalms 57 describes how God is sufficient in a time of trial. Psalm 71 taught us God's grace for old age. Psalms 119, and I appreciate that. You know, Psalms 119 extols God's word, which he has graciously, graciously given to guide us. His mighty acts of power. We praise him for all the wonderful things he's done. We praise him for putting the sun, the moon, and the stars in the sky. We praise him for uh, all of the, the wonderful people that he's brought into our life. We praise him for his mighty acts, but we also praise him for his surpassing greatness. That's who he is. He's just good. He's great, and he deserves our praise. But then there's the how of praise in verses three through five. So how do we praise him? With everything you've got. He deserves nothing less than everything you've got. Come on, somebody. Because the way we ought to enter into praise and worship is as if he's here. Because our behavior would change if he was physically here. But is, is he any less here? Even though we can't see him with our physical, is he any, any less here? No, he's here. He's here and he promises to come and inhabit our praises, to enthrone himself upon our praises. He promises to be here in the midst of our praises. So should we give him anything less than our very best? No, we should give him everything. Psalms 150, verse three through five says, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. And all the worship team loves this verse because this gives us the right to be able to make a lot of noise for Jesus, right? Oh yeah, I'll cue perfect. In other words, just pull out the stops and give him everything. And you say, but you know, Pastor, I'm just, that's just not the way I'm wired. I'm just, I'm just not wired like that. I'm just a little more mellow, just a little more chill. The fact is, everybody has an excitement in them somewhere. You just got to find what pushes your buttons. Now, I know we use this illustration all the time about football, you know, go to a stadium and you don't have to tell people to shout and yell and holler and get crazy. They just do it. But even at a football game, there are some people that aren't celebrating. And you know who they are? <laughs> Be nice. Hang on. You know who they are? They're the people who don't understand the game. They don't have a clue what's going on because if you knew what was going on and you had an appreciation for it, not that everybody has to have an appreciation for any particular game, but if you know what's going on, you can understand and appreciate everything that goes into making even a single play pull off right. 
But if you don't have a clue what's going on, if you don't know which way the ball is going or which, what's up, what's down, and what's right, and what's wrong, and who's winning and who's losing, well, okay, I can understand why there's no praise, why there's no celebration. But when you understand what's going on, it changes everything. When you have a love and appreciation for what is going on on that field, it changes everything. And so when it comes to our worship to God, do you understand what's going on? Do you understand why we make noise in this house? Do you understand why we gather together? I mean, is there anything else that we could do with our time on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday? Yes, but is there anything better we could do? Oh, come on. No, no. A thousand times no. Why? Because we understand the one who saved us. We understand the one who is mighty and is in his surpassing greatness. He, he changes all of our lives. He's worthy of our praise. So we give him everything we understand. And listen, if you don't have knowledge of the game, then maybe you can't praise. So if you don't have knowledge of Christ, if you don't know him, may I introduce him to you? May I introduce you to the best thing that's ever happened to me? His name is Jesus. The best thing that could ever happen to you is Jesus. The one who can save you and heal you and deliver you and give you purpose in your life. His name is Jesus. So let me get to this. Let me wrap this up here. The who, the who of praise. Verse number six tells us who is supposed to do this. Everything that breathes. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. The only qualification for praising God is if you're breathing. I think that's most everybody here tonight. There's some I might need to check your pulse. I'm not quite sure. But I think for the most part, we're probably 99.9% .9 there. If there's breath in your lungs, and we sang it earlier, he's the one who gave us the breath. It's your breath in my lungs. So I'm going to praise you. If you've got breath, if you woke up this morning and God gave you breath in your, young, in your lungs, then you're qualified to praise him. In fact, you have a responsibility to praise him. So let me just give you here real quick, three powerful results from your praise. Three powerful results. And the first is this, it silences the voice of the enemy. In Psalms chapter eight, verse number two, it says, from the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Whenever we begin to praise, we literally silence the voice of the enemy. Because many times when you go throughout your day, the enemy gets in your head. He tries to plant seeds of doubt, confusion, and, 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 and disorder, and he tries to uh, plant... Uh, seeds of, of, of hate and unforgiveness and division. Now, you know what praise does is silences the voice of the enemy and it heightens the voice of God because it brings you into connection with God's spirit where you can hear the voice of God's spirit. So it silences the voice of the enemy. And if you've been listening to the voice of the enemy today, I tell you, get your praise on and silence the voice of the enemy. If you've been listening to negativity way too much, get your praise on and silence the negativity. If you are the one who has been given into negativity yourself, then put your praise on and get rid of the negativity. You change everything. It silences the voice of the enemy when you begin to praise. Here's the second thing. Number two, it restores what the enemy has stolen. In the story of the 10 lepers, they were healed, but only one returned, remember? 
Only one came back, but the Bible says that the one that came back, he was made whole. Meaning that the others, they were healed, but they didn't receive what the, the disease had taken from them. Whenever we begin to praise God, whenever we begin to worship him, when we begin to make him number one, all of a sudden, everything that the enemy has stolen, God starts giving back to us. He starts bringing it back. Maybe it's your peace. Maybe it's your joy. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's something in your business. When you begin to praise God, because praise is faith in action, and faith is what pleases God. So whenever we begin to praise him, our faith goes into action. That pleases God. God starts restoring everything. Thing the enemy has taken from you. You want to get back some of the stuff that's been taken? Start praising him. I could use a little bit of help over here. Give me some noise back here. You praise and worship people. All right, here's the last thing. Here's the last thing, and then we're going to go back into some worship here. It breaks the chains of bondage. Praise breaks the chains of bondage. In Acts chapter 16, it's the story of Paul and Silas whenever they are placed in jail. And while they are there in jail, instead of complaining, they chose to worship instead. Instead of getting discouraged, they chose to worship instead. Instead of giving up and quitting and, and getting mad and getting angry at each other and blaming one another, they began to worship. And it, said, it says at the midnight hour, they began to worship God. And as they began to worship, all of a sudden, the, the earth began to shake and the doors opened and the shackles that were on their hands and on their feet fell off. But not just on them, on everybody that was in that jail cell, all because somebody began began to praise the Lord. Here's what I want you to realize. Your praise isn't just for you. There's somebody sitting next to you that's in bondage. And as you begin to praise the Lord, their shackles will begin to come off. There's somebody down Hebron Parkway that I believe that as Freedom Church begins to worship God, the chains of free, the chains that have been shackling people will begin to come off and people will experience freedom all up and down this street, all throughout this city, all throughout this state. It happens when we begin to praise him. Come on, you worshipers. Stand to your feet all over this place. If you need some shackles to come off, praise him. If you need to silence the voice of the enemy, praise him. If you need to experience God in a way like you never have and give back some of the things that the enemy has stolen, then praise him because there are some powerful results that come from praising the Lord. Come on, lift your hands up. Begin to praise him. Begin to tell him how awesome he is. Begin to remind him of his greatness. Remind him of his goodness. Remind him of his power. God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. You are great and greatly to be praised. You deserve our very best, oh God. You deserve all I have. So Lord, I worship you tonight. I worship you and I praise you. I declare shackles must come off. Bondage must be loosed upon your people. Jesus, we love let people experience freedom tonight like they've never experienced before. Everything the enemy has stolen, I'm declaring, must be restored as we praise you. All the lies that the enemy has been telling people in this house tonight or those that are watching online, you've been listening to the lies of the enemy. Begin to praise him and watch God begin to clarify what's right and what's wrong, what's true and what's lying. We worship you tonight. Come on, put your hands together and praise him. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, give it. 